how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're vital. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome back to Creative Principles. I am your host, Brock Swinson. Now, normally this is where I interview amazing writers, screenwriters, authors, creatives, musicians, all types. But over the next 15 or 16 episodes, we're doing something very special and actually giving away my first book, Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers, the full audiobook over these next several episodes. If it's your first time here, make sure to hit that subscribe button. We will be back to interviews very soon. But this is part of my mission this year to give away 100,000 copies of my book. So if you haven't already grabbed your copy, go over to brockswinson.com. You'll see a link to the PDF. That's a digital download and audiobook, which you're about to listen to here. You'll also see at brockswinson.com access to things like the free 30-day prolific writing challenge and also some other challenges built around writing, such as the Upwork Unfair Advantage, which will teach you how to be a six-figure freelancer. You can also find courses such as how to write a nonfiction book in 12 weeks and some upcoming screenwriting and TV writing courses as well, along with my brand new one-on-one mentorship, Storyteller Launchpad. All that's over at brockswinson.com, but now let's jump into Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers. In this book, which I wrote around episode 250 of the podcast, across these episodes, you'll learn things like how to annihilate a writer's block by embracing the playful trickster mentality or how to weaponize your anxiety with the different is better approach, how to defend your time with the calendar anorexia mindset, what it means to create ruthless prioritization and use the urgent versus important system, and probably most importantly, how to avoid self-sabotage. It's all on the pages of Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers. And make sure to join my email list to learn about my upcoming book, The Self-Reliant Artist. All that's over at brockswinson.com. Part 2. Voice. Chapter 6. Limitless Inspiration. Whether I went to school or not, I would always study. Riza, Wu-Tang Clan. Most people pass through life unaware of the infinite capabilities that lie within. For those who take the right steps, the mind can be used as a time machine, a crystal ball, and an abundant oasis of inspiration. And you don't need any special machine or expensive gadget to create this phenomenon. You just need a pen and paper. Long before there was the internet, writes Maria Popova, there was the commonplace book a creative and intellectual ledger of fragmentary inspirations which a writer would collect from other books and copy into a notebook. Often alongside his or her reflections and riffs, these borrowed ideas are in dialogue with the writer's own imagination and fomented into original thinking. Imagine having everything that ever inspired you in one location, a conversation with a first crush, a favorite quote from a favorite author, that silly joke your grandfather told you, the book that changed your life, but only after the writing sunk in a decade later. It's all there. Popova adds, Of the enormous volume of literature a reader devours in a lifetime, only a fraction, a deliberate, meticulously selected fraction, 
ends up in this sacred, commonplace notebook, constructing a special kind of secondary world. All humans are changed and refined with every book they read, every movie they see, every conversation they have, and essentially every aspect of life they're open to accept. But with a commonplace book, there's actually a paper trail from one thought to the next, from one revelation to the next. Over a long enough period of time, years, decades, often a lifetime, the commonplace books, while composed primarily of copied passengers, comes to radiate the singular sensibility of its keeper. Beliefs are refined, ideas are incubated, intellectual fixations fleshed out, and the outlines of a personhood revealed, she writes. Imagine filtering every great piece of writing you've ever read and forcing that information to the mind of one individual writer. Hint, that's you, and it's where your potential voice comes from. With a project like this one, you have to be in it for the long haul. It takes a lot of time to fill a commonplace book, and the work is never, quote, done. But this is a good thing, because you're working on a craft, not trying to become famous on social media. The commonplace book, when used like a journal, provides freedom and routine even amidst the most complex of positions. Isaac Newton referred to his commonplace as a waste book. His biographer James Glick wrote, He set himself problems, considered them obsessively, calculated answers, and asked new questions. The plague year was his transfiguration. Solitary and almost incommunicado, he became the world's most paramount mathematician. Creating a commonplace is relatively simple, but it can be complex at the same time. For many people, it's sort of like keeping a diary. You might start writing about pain points, like a broken heart or a crush ignoring you at an early age, but hopefully as your mind grows, so grows your thought process, your writing, and eventually your published work. When you come across something important, be it an anecdote, an idea, or a quote, jot it down, organize it, put it in its place. Then allow the ideas to flow together. Allow the ideas to create new ideas. Allow the new ideas to be the scaffolding for your life's work. Use the notes for reference, for writing books, for writing screenplays, for writing music. It doesn't matter. Just use it. Use it even when you can't use it. Sometimes you're jotting down notes you don't fully understand because they're actually for your future self. The idea is always applicable to things that are complex, but sometimes those complex ideas are actually quite simple. You've just yet to grasp their meaning. This is where the commonplace comes back in. That advice from your grandmother might finally sink in. That note from your teacher was applicable after all. That book you struggled through in school really did change the way you think. In other words, it doesn't matter how much you read, listen, watch, or discuss if you're not applying what you read to the grander scope of who you hope to one day become. The best version of yourself is on the other side of the daily dedication to your craft. A commonplace is the thread that runs through all your work. As you find new ideas, you will become a better thinker. As you connect ideas, you will become a better writer. Think of your collection as simply a central resource for ideas. As you find gems, plant them like seeds and let them grow into bigger and bigger aspirations. Keeping a commonplace puts you in the company of thinkers such as Marcus Aurelius, Montaigne, Thomas Jefferson, Napoleon, H.L. Mencken, Bill Gates, Robert Greene, and Ron Holiday, among many, many others. Holiday's advice for keeping a commonplace includes reading widely, highlighting passages in books, taking notes in the margins, looking for wisdom rather than facts, and looking at speeches, movies, videos, and conversations through the same lens. If you find yourself reaching for your notebook during dinner parties, this is a good thing. 
Personally, Holiday also uses 4x6 index cards, a practice he learned from his mentor Robert Green, which he organizes by themes and categories. Then he can physically move the cards around to figure out the best arrangement for the work. As an author, he simply connects the dots of the work to create new work and revise some of his thoughts to share with others. It's an honor to be given an idea, says Elizabeth Gilbert. I feel like my life is in service of that. The same is true for discovering an idea. The way in which it arrives is irrelevant. All that matters is how you use it, but you must use it. If something doesn't sound original, it's because no writing is completely original. That said, when you start to connect the dots in a new way, you'll learn to be original and discover your own voice. As a writer, it's when you mimic the past that you can step into the future. Gilbert adds, Good writing should be surprising yet inevitable. If your work is surprising but not inevitable, you haven't done enough research. You want to over-prepare, she said in one interview. There is an egolessness to the research. Gilbert only uses about 20% of the cards she creates, but all are necessary when she approaches a creative block. This way, when she reaches into her pile of cards, she finds yet another gift to continue her flow for the day. It's a distillation process that crafts the best work. If you find yourself reaching for your notebook during nightly reads, this is a good thing. Mythbusters star Adam Savage organizes his physical creativity in the same way. When I was younger, if you told me to make a to-do list before I embarked on a project, I'd have rejected the idea out of hand. List making was the death of creativity, he joked about his prior beliefs. If you want to create at the scale at which Savage creates, you need an outline. You need organization. You need to be fully prepared and then some. There will be obstacles, but there will also be solutions. The outline leads the way. Don't ignore it. Sharpen the axe before you cut down the tree. Brine the meat before you cook the meal. Practice the speech before you take the stage. Great aspirations require regular preparation. Making useful lists has been a lifelong process of refinement, writes Savage. Graphic design helped me hone in on list and outline form and his diagrams with pictorial references to clean up the mess of some of my earlier list-making tendencies. Don't get me wrong, those first messy lists were still useful, as any list is better than no list. Over time, Savage has used lists to create projects such as Excalibur's sword, a 3D model of his house, a puppet, the gun from the fifth element, the captain's chair from Star Trek, an array of cosplay items from cult classics like the movie Blade Runner. As he started to create projects that were more complex or took more time, he created lists within lists. He also uses a checkbox system rather than a physical strikethrough to keep the work clean and coherent in case he needs the research again or for something else entirely. The power and importance of the checkbox for me simply cannot be overstated, he writes. On the one hand, it speaks, as I've said, to the completest in me. The best part of making a list is, you guessed it, crossing things off. But when you physically cross them out, like with a pen, you can make them harder to read, which destroys their informational value beyond that single project and, to me at least, makes the whole thing feel incomplete. He adds, The checkbox allowed me to cross something off my list, to see clearly that I'd crossed it off, and at the same time retain all of its information, while not also adding to the cognitive load of interpreting the list. The point of all this isn't to deter you, but to encourage you. Making lists and using a commonplace book allows you to brain dump ideas, to organize those ideas into columns or chunks, 
to mediate those columns, to divide tasks into workable chunks, and even to take moments of rest without completely losing your momentum or your train of thought. A logical list combined with a system of checkboxes will bring order to even the most unruly and complex project, concludes Savage. With a proper system in place, you can tackle projects that might normally feel beyond your grasp. If you find yourself reaching for your notebook during seemingly boring lectures, this is a good thing. Gideon Rav, creator of The Spy and Homeland, told me, I have thousands of notebooks. They feed future ideas and themes. When I start a project, I have a world of ideas that won't fit into a two-hour or four-hour story, but they're intruding enough to keep living in you. I find that writing them down in notebooks, they remain in you. As you discover new ideas, you will unlock previous ideas that live within you. Sometimes the commonplace only provides a piece of the puzzle, but it could be the final piece you need. You should always collect more material than you will use, writes author William Zinser. Look for your material everywhere, not just by reading the obvious sources and interviewing the obvious people. Over 2,000 years ago, Aristothenes used shadows in a well to measure the circumference of the earth while others tried to circumnavigate the globe. The beak of a kingfisher bird inspired the design of a bullet train as a result of the designer's hobby of bird watching. A 17-year-old teenager in Ohio designed the modern American flag with his imagination alone. Expand your mind, then you can decide how to use the information. When choosing an idea for a book, make sure it's an idea that only a book can best represent, writes Chuck Palahniuk. If it's an idea that films, comics, or gaming can depict, why bother writing the book? Palinuk's books are often about characters who have reached the limits of their current condition. They've been the good, obedient boy, like in Fight Club, or the stunningly attractive girl, like in Invisible Monsters, and they've reached the point where they must find a new form of power, or to continue in bad faith, to live accordingly to the old, failing pattern. Palinuk comes up with his stories by writing down ideas and real humanistic traits that he sees in everyday life. He writes, watch what people do unconsciously. Collect the stories they tell to explain their behavior. It's standard practice for writers to keep an everyday book in which to jot down ideas or useful trivia, but the best stuff sticks in your brain until you find a place to showcase it. Whether the author is filling in the pieces or starting from scratch, he's found his source of limitless inspiration. By making ongoing notes throughout my day, when I finally do sit down to write, I have a pile of ideas. I'm not wasting my valuable creative time by starting from zero. Another unique trick from Palinuk is to collect a multitude of similar stories. He does this by chatting about unusual events at dinner parties. His listeners chime in with their own versions of stories, which led to the short guts. The author calls it crowd seeding. Through real-life situations, the author discovers that the unbelievable is more believable than most fiction. Our existence is a constant flow of the impossible, the implausible, the coincidental. We're trained to live in constant denial of the miraculous, and it's only by telling our stories that we get any sense of how extraordinary human existence actually can be. Like the thinkers listed previously, he also prefers to write his list by hand rather than by using technology. And consider this, he writes, No electronic storage system is foolproof. And also, there's something that feels inherently right about writing by hand. Develop a system for organizing your books and supplies, he suggests. You won't dread handling paper correspondence if you have a stock of boxes, envelopes, a tape gun, and a designated table to work on. Being a writer consists of more than writing. 
Once you create your commonplace, it's possible to juggle projects in a more productive manner. If you focus on an array of items, you will not suffer from any sort of creative block. Simply move from project to project, back and forth, up and down. Photographer Chase Jarvis focuses on five projects at once, so he can work on one long-term project, one medium project, and three small projects. If this sounds overwhelming, it's not. In fact, it's quite the opposite. In the same way, regular workouts actually give you more energy throughout the day. In simple terms, this could simply mean writing a book, creating a speech, and writing a handful of blogs at the same time. Again, it's only overwhelming if you view it as overwhelming. In reality, it's freeing to move from inspiration to inspiration. What becomes overwhelming is trying to write one individual masterpiece. You can think yourself into a corner. No matter what, though, eventually you also have to get to work. The commonplace is meant to be a tool, not an excuse to never start the actual work. When Abraham Lincoln spoke about sharpening an axe for four hours and cutting down a tree in two, he still had to cut down the tree. The axe only does so much of the work, but it's vital to get the job done. Often, after you have reviewed your notes many times and thought through your material, it is difficult to frame much of a structure until you write a lead, writes John McPhee. You wait around your house, getting nowhere. You don't see a pattern. You don't know what to do. So stop everything. Stop looking at the notes. Hunt through your mind for a good beginning, then write it. Write a lead. With proper focus, a system will fall into place. Again, it's important to make the world small. Break the world into pieces. Use selective ignorance as blinders to focus on a single chapter, a single sentence, a single word. Repeat. If this sounds mechanical, its effect was absolutely the reverse, adds McPhee. The procedure eliminated nearly all distraction and concentrated just the material I had to deal with in a given day. It painted me into a corner, yes, but doing so freed me to write. With pressure comes focus. With focus comes better work. Do the work that really matters. While it's not always clear as to what the work will become, it will only become something if you're prepared to begin. Then, simply start. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Before you take off, I want to give you a free gift. I'm giving you my first book, Ink by the Barrel, for free. That's the digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com. Inside this book, you'll learn how to annihilate writer's block by embracing Elizabeth Gilbert's playful trickster mentality. You can learn to weaponize your anxiety with Kevin Kelly's different is better approach. And learn how to defend your time with Ryan Holiday's calendar anorexia mindset. There's just a few other ideas in the book, Ink by the Barrel. It's also based on over 400 interviews I've done right here on Creative Principles. So go steal that book right now, Ink by the Barrel, to learn how to be a prolific writer. You can get your copy that's digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com. If it's your first time here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.